Hello everyone, my name is Brianna and I will be the host for this podcast. This is my very first podcast ever, so I'm a little bit nervous, but I'm very excited to share all the research I have done on this topic with you guys. i first like to say thank you for listening to this episode. This is a very important topic that I will be talking about, and I put a lot of time into the research for this episode. I'm currently in my first year at the University of Washington, and I'm taking a class about early childhood development and family dynamics. A part of the requirements was to pick a social issue we are passionate about and take some kind of advocacy action, which is what led me to creating this podcast. I'm an aspiring teacher, and as someone that wants to be in the education system, I'm very much aware of its flaws, including the violence that has been happening in places of education. Today, I will speak about three things. The first being a bit of history about school shootings in America and some of the, for lack of a better word, most famous ones that have happened in the past 20 years. Then, I want to go into some detail on the specific demographic of people that are committing these horrible crimes. And lastly, I want to share um, some ways that anyone can do to help create change regarding this topic. So, first things first, upon my my initial research, I was genuinely shocked about the history of school shootings in America. Of course, when I was younger, I didn't really hear much about this unless it was overheard in conversations between adults. However, as I got older, it became more apparent how common it was. However, this issue seemed relatively new in our society. Upon my research, I found out that the first recorded school shooting was in the 1700s. A Native American man shot and killed a school teacher and nine or ten children in a schoolhouse on July 26 of 1764. Only two children managed to survive the massacre. Now, this shooting was more political than it was personal. It happened during Pontiac's Rebellion, which was a conflict between Native tribes and British rule in their territories. This one is interesting because it differs from recent school shootings. Um, this one is interesting because while it differs from recent school shootings, it says a lot about how violence is so normalized. So much so to the point where completely innocent people are being murdered for issues that do not regard them whatsoever. After this incident, there was not another reported school shooting until the 1800s. When these shootings first started again, it was 1853, when a young boy brought a pistol into school and killed his schoolmaster. I would also like to note that during these times, like the 1800s, it was very often a pistol that was being used in these type of murders. And then it kind of shifts to much more violent, much more military-based weapons now in like modern school shootings, of course. Um, so the young boy brought this pistol into school and he killed his schoolmaster. And despite a lot of people being a witness to this, the boy was acquitted and he was not punished for this at all. After this innocent incident, though, it seemed as though our history took a very dramatic turn for the worst. The 1900s were the century that these mass killings really started to get more and more common. All the way up until now, where it seems like there is a new one every month. It is important to note that the first law regarding the possession of firearms was in 1934 that prohibited the public to have use of fully automatic firearms, sawed-off shotguns, 
which is a type of shotgun that is 18 inches and has a shorter barrel than normal, and silencers. Currently, we still have that law in place, but it is up to the states to decide if it goes any further than that. And it is also important to note that people are getting these guns now in illegal ways, and seemingly it is not very difficult, which is another problem. We still have some states that allow people to carry firearms without a permit or license, as well as some states that only allow guns for the purpose of hunting. The most well-known school shooting that has happened in America was in 1999, when 18-year-old Eric Harris and 17-year-old Dylan Claboyd entered Columbine High School with semi-automatic rifles, pistols, and a couple explosives. In less than 20 minutes, these two young men killed 12 fellow students, and a teacher, and wounded 21 others. The violence ended with the two committing suicide. It is very important to note the lack of action by the police department, who did not arrive into the building until hours after the massacre occurred, leaving multiple victims to bleed to death in the meantime. This is just one example of how terribly the police have handled situations like this. Another school shooting that is very well known was on December 14th, 2012, where Adam Lanza entered an elementary school with an AR-15, which, if you guys did not know, is an automatic gun that was created during the Cold War to help aid the military. And that fact alone, it's just mind-blowing how like a citizen can obtain a gun that is so violent and was literally created for military and war purposes. Um, Along with this, he also had two other semi-automatic pistols and a shotgun, and he killed 28 students and faculty members. Many of these victims were very, very young children, ages ranging from six to seven years old. Before this, Lanza had also shot and killed his mother in their home. In this case, the police arrived very quickly, but the damage had already been done, and they found Lanza dead from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. There have been many more that were equally as fatal, including a very recent one in 2022 where an 18-year-old young man shot and killed 19 children and injured 17 people. And like stated previously, this is another one where the police were essentially too scared to go in and stop him, so they kind of like waited until it was all over and then they went in which (laughs) caused a lot more murder than it needed to if they would have stepped in earlier so this leads me into my next topic which are the types of people that are committing these horrible mass killings ed week issued a study in 2019 where they interviewed incarcerated school shooters people that plan to do school shootings and people that have experienced these massacres. They found that all of these criminals typically had four things in common. They suffered from childhood trauma and exposure to violence at a young age. They were upset over a recent event which resulted in feelings of suicide. They studied other school shootings and found inspiration, and they had the means to carry out such a violent attack. 80% of school shooters admitted that they were experiencing a mental health crisis and were unable to receive the help that they needed. In this study, they talked to people who had planned to do this, but changed their minds, and all of them said that the cause of this change was because someone reached out to them and offered them help with their mental health issues. According to statistics, 
96% of school shooters are male, which honestly says a lot about the status that men have in our society. It is important to note that the suicide rate of men is four times more than that of women. And it is also said that while women are more likely to attempt than men are, men are more likely to die by suicide because they tend to opt for more violent ways to die. This is such an important thing to talk about, especially when we talk about massacres, because men are very often the ones that are doing these violent acts. And it says a lot about our society and how men are perceived in the world. Gender stereotypes, toxic masculinity, and the world essentially turning a blind eye when men do horrible things are all recipes for things like this to happen over and over and over again. It also says something about the overall well-being of people in America. We are struggling so much to create effective ways to combat mental health issues and to rehabilitate people when they do violent things. America often uses quick fixes to our problems rather than going to the root of it and fixing it that way. I would like to say though that I do not want to start a hate train on men as a whole. I can acknowledge that this that it is mostly them that are doing these things. However, it is not okay to treat an entire group of people negatively because of what some of them have done. I would also like to say that while mental health is a huge component to this, we should never use that to excuse these behaviors. There are many people in the world that intensely struggle with mental health issues and would also never commit a crime like that. So I just want to make it very clear with saying all of this and bringing up these topics that we as people essentially have a duty to um, to basically check in on those around us and be as kind as possible to others. This will not fix the problem completely, obviously, but allowing others to feel safe enough to ask for help, especially men when they have such a stereotype on them that they're supposed to be strong and they're never supposed to experience any emotion emotional turmoil um this will help create a large difference in our communities this of course leads me to my final topic where i will talk about how we as citizens can help advocate for change regarding gun laws in america it is obvious that there are not good enough background checks happening when giving out gun licenses and it is also obvious that it is way too easy to obtain guns illegally. Because of this, we need to advocate for much stricter gun laws. One effective thing you can do is write a letter to your state official about your opinion on this topic and what you're advocating for. All you really have to do is look up your state senators, find out their contact information or their websites, and send them your message. This is a very quick and affordable way to get involved. As I know that a lot of people, including me, <laughs> cannot always afford to donate to causes. Another easy thing you can do is educate yourself on what is going on regarding this issue. It seems like a no-brainer, but it is important to know your laws and know what you were talking about when it comes to this issue. I had very, very little knowledge on the situation prior to this project, which is crazy considering how prominent this issue is in our society. And finally, and most importantly, take action in your own community, meaning going to protests and partnering with local organizations to figure out ways to tackle this issue together. Change does not happen with only one person, and change does not happen overnight. So it is extremely important to work together to bring as much awareness as you possibly can. So with that, that concludes everything I wanted to say in this episode. Again, this issue is very important to me. 
and I want to thank you all for listening. I am so grateful to have the opportunity to talk about such important topics in such a public way, and I hope that this will inspire someone else to take action as it has inspired me. Thank you again, and that concludes the episode.